This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Into the happy hour we go. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, get you back to some of these AJ Preller remarks. Before I I get to that, I want to touch on something that's kind of bothering me a little bit. (gasps) I can't can't do the, the Diamondbacks fans right now like they just <laughs> i just feel like they sold all their tickets after the no game kidding. two lost yeah and now all of a sudden i see you know mm-hmm. mob network's got like a bunch of different people like spraying champagne from their houses my you mind you like they're like it just feels very, we love the diamondbacks like, come on i was at all those games with the diamondbacks you guys weren't there supporting that squad no they they really haven't i mean in phoenix i i, I it seems to me the sun's and the uh, Cardinals are far more important to people Sons, there definitely, yeah. than the uh, than the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, but I can't. It, you it, know, though. winning, front running, and uh, you know, uh, bandwagon uh, uh, jumping is a is a long time American tradition. It is. So. You know, that was very scrapey of me. I don't know why I, I decided <laughs> to choose violence when it came to the Diamondbacks fans. You know what? Have at it. Go ahead. Jump on the bandwagon. Enjoy this time. Because uh, I know folks in here said they could certainly believe, wish we were in their shoes right now. You so. literally just changed your entire take on it in the middle of having it. I did. I did. I was I was feeling some type of way seeing them sh- spray champagne, I think. Well, I think, that, was, think that hit a nerve. It was very annoying with the people who had their tags still on their jerseys <laughs> spraying <laughs> the champagne. You saw the tag, I too. Did. I did. Oh, is yeah. that right? People had yeah. yeah. just gone out person. and bought a jersey? There was one person on the screen with celebrating that put it on Instagram. The tag was, like, flopping around. Oh, my goodness. That's well, not they to return it after the World Series. <laughs> they can't now. They got champagne on it. They can't change it. All right. Uh, AJ, <laughs> they have to return it after the World Series. This is like 200 bucks. AJ Preller uh, did a We Zoom. know they don't have 200 bucks because they wouldn't pay more than $10 to go to uh, Game 3 against the Phillies. Man, they probably could have sold those tickets for a lot more, too. They was giving them away cheap. Yeah, what are they doing? I don't know. But hopefully uh, they got their World Series tickets. They're not selling that. Uh, AJ Preller had a Zoom conference uh, earlier this afternoon uh, to speak about what you know occurred today. Bob Melvin took the job with the Giants. He was under contract one more year for the Padres. He was asked, "What will the new managerial search uh, going forward consist of?" Yeah, I think we we have we have some you know some some candidates that uh, that we're going to sit down with here starting as soon as today. Honestly, that we feel we feel strongly about that are that are really well qualified, and we have some other candidates in the organization that we're going to talk to to engage their interest level. Uh, I can just tell in the in the first twenty four hours though, there's there's a lot of interest in this job. Um, we've had some some very interesting names and some people that are very accomplished. 
uh, that have that have expressed interest in uh, in in this job. And I think really it's a, a testament to the to our team, our roster, the talent that's here, the fact that we've we've gone to the playoffs, you know, the last, you know, a couple times here in the last few years in our city. You know, we've got amazing fans that support this team. So it's an attractive job. I think we'll sit down in, with some internal candidates the next few days, but we're going to make sure. You know, we exhaust all the different possibilities. Um, you know, to get to get the right choice, it's no real time frame. It's not like, hey, we need to do this by this time. It's a big off season for us. We've got a lot of a lot of decisions to make. This is the first one, and we want to try to get it right. They better get it right this time, because as Tony and I pointed out in the Big Five, I, I think this is a last shot for AJ. I don't know. There's very. It's been pointed out to us in many interviews that we've done with national baseball writers, Tony that very few general managers get more than one chance to build their team. And A.J.'s already gotten two chances, and now he's going on a fifth manager. Uh, the, Fourth the chance, hired. The chances have got to be running thin. So yeah, he's got to get this one right, and he's got to get the right guy in there that they can work together. I, I, I can't think of – I don't know of anybody, of any, at least in recent history, that has had um, the, op, the, um, the length of time to – to do what they do uh, in this situation. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, A.J. Prell, I told you he was asked some pretty tough questions. And I, I, for those who have been in here in San Diego, I'm pretty sure you could figure out who these questions came from. But uh, why the high burn rate for managers? Yeah, I, I think, like, looking at it again, like, you know, I, I kind of, like, focus as far as, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with Mandy and, and now Jason, Bob, no, I mean again. I think that the idea is you want you want somebody that's here for for a long time, and you want to uh, you want to find talented people that are here for a long time. But again, it's it's like anything. It's like you know you look at any kind of partnership. You know, it takes two. I think what you know again, like I'll I'll constantly look back and say, hey, how can we do this different, and what does it look like? Because you want to hire a really talented person, and hopefully they're here for uh, you know for a decade. Uh, but sometimes they again, like things come up. They're different rosters, different situations, maybe different opportunities that people are, are excited about we've had other people leave the organization because you know they want to you know they want to go to a to a they want a, a new opportunity they want a different challenge they want to be closer to home um but i think from my standpoint it's like look we we, we, you know, we want to make sure we have an environment that you know the employees feel good about working in and um you know at the end of the day um you know putting a putting a situation together on this next hire where hopefully we look up and this is something that's here for a decade that's the goal my question about that though is if it's your goal to hire someone for a decade, then why have you hired four managers? That's my first immediate thought. If you really want people to work, why aren't you, or if you want it to work long-term, why aren't you trying to make the last three work? Or at least Bob Melvin, you know, those are the questions that come up in my mind. That's a fair question. They're good questions. Um, I, I think Jace Tingler and Andy Green kind of manage themselves out of the job. Uh, just by the way things finished up with those guys. But, you know, in one or two years, you can tell if something's going to work, and, and I just don't think either hire turned out to be the right one. Now, Bob Melvin, I think, is different, and I think that kind of begets the question you're asking. That's uh, – the, the Jace Tingler is probably the, the best case study, and probably from the standpoint of the familiarity he had with A.J., coming in to the situation. Those two work pretty closely together in Texas. And um, in his case, maybe Jace was a little too green um, for the managerial part, not baseball, but managing personalities, managing the media. 
Um, and maybe that's ultimately why that didn't work out. But um, that's probably the the guy out of all of the the managers. And, and this is this will be AJ's fourth manager hiring. He's had to fire four others, so it's been five managers total. But this is uh, Jace is probably the one who, in terms of that cohesive cohesiveness, in terms of thinking alike or seeing the game in the same way, he's probably the one who came closest to AJ. And so, you know, we'll see what this looks like as they go out for this next search. Um, the last question was was another doozy. Uh, AJ was asked, why should he be in charge of rebuilding? Yeah, no, I mean, I think obviously that's 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 my job, you know, as far as the, being the general manager and, and, you know, overseeing overseeing the team. So I think from, from our standpoint, you know, what I'm trying to do is – you go hire, you go hire good people. I think we're, you know, our environment, at least the way, you know, from at least the way I work, it's, it's very open. It's very collaborative. You know, we're looking for, for, you know, we feel like we have a lot of really talented people in the organization. And then for myself, trying to get, get everybody on the same page. And, you know, obviously the last couple of years, we didn't quite get that right. So we've had different periods over the last years where we have, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, as, as far as being the GM and the president, it's a big part of my role and responsibility. And, you know, I'm going to look back at the last couple of years. There's, there's different points in time and you learn from it. I think in 20, um, you know, honestly, like I think in 20, like there was there was a lot of communication. It's probably the year that, you know, personally, I was the most active and involved in the big league team. And it was because of COVID. There really wasn't anything else to do. And everybody was locked in. It was a very unique time. I feel like our group played well. And, and the biggest thing was because there was communication constantly between players, staff, staff, and, you know, and, 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 and myself, um, you know, training staff and, R&D, et cetera. You know, in 21, I probably felt like a little bit where, you know, I, th- I kind of thought maybe we had it. And I think, uh, you know, probably didn't communicate as well in the last two years. I think kind of out of respect for, you know, for Bob. I think probably like that that constant communication, I think is something that, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we get right here this year. And similar to that 20 year, we played well. I think, you know, I, I, something that personally for myself, you're asked to wear a lot of hats as the GM. I think making sure this big league team is right this year, that'll be a big goal. Now, I hadn't heard that that particular bite. As I told you, I didn't listen to the interview prior to, to getting here, but that sounded as though AJ... Taking would, a little ownership there. Well, not only was he taking a little ownership, he took, the ownership he took was that he wasn't involved enough with the club the last two years. Is that Did I hear that correctly? You, you did. Um, I thought about that when I was recording it earlier and listening to it live. I mean, which runs completely opposite of what has been reported. Yes, yes, it's been reported that he micromanages too much, and I think the word that has been thrown around a lot is that he meddles with uh, the manager. That soundbite said that he does not, and that he twenty twenty he said was the the last time he was truly involved. Uh, we know how that that season ended up in a what a first a, a DS uh, appearance in the playoffs, and then um, since then, twenty 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 one was the uh, was the collapse. collapse. Right. Yeah, that's fun to reference again. Twenty twenty two was so fun. so really he, so really twenty twenty two twenty twenty three. He's saying he has out of respect for Bo Mel, he had stepped away. That's no. not what I've been reading, and that's not what I've been discussing with people when I, I do discuss it. Listen, I know what we both read, but I'm just telling you. No, what I he know, said. I know, and that kind of um, kind of scares me, to be honest, a little bit. If there's, 
if he thinks he wasn't involved enough and there's people saying that he was involved too much, that that shows me that a that AJ Preller is is not identifying the actual issue. He's thinking that by getting involved more, he's going to fix it, which I'm a fixer and I've been told you can't fix everything. And so you should stop trying to fix everything. I don't know, Chris, am I off base? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't know. You're. I think you're think, having thoughts that a lot of people are having. I mean, you know, the bottom line is they got to figure it out. And I think he's got to figure it out. And I think it sounded like, you know, he said he's got to do a better job. Uh-oh. What just happened? The, the, the cracker? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's get to break. When we come back, Bo Mel, he spoke on why it, why it was time to move on from San Diego. We'll play that for you when we return. More Gwen and Chris. There's some traffic. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Everybody's speaking today. A.J. Preller on a Zoom call to the media here in San Diego. Bob Melvin adorning a San Francisco Giants home uniform. Not speaking to the to the uh, gathering in uh, San Francisco. He's the new manager of the Giants. Joins Bud Black, former Padre manager, and even Dave Roberts, who managed the Padres for an interim game, as former... Padre skippers that are now managing against them in the National League West. And we heard from uh, A.J. Preller, some of his thoughts and comments earlier today. How about Bob Melvin? He had a big chance to throw the Padres organization, and if he so choose A.J. Preller under the bus, chose to take the high road when he was asked why it was time to move on. Why was this job with the Giants a better job for you than San Diego? Uh, look, I, I really don't want to get too much into the San Diego situation other than the fact that I really enjoyed my time there. Um, some things transpired last year in a difficult year for the team with high expectations. I think there was a narrative at the end that probably wasn't going to go away with me being on my last year of my contract. And I think 
it, it, as far as that organization goes, it's probably not fair if that narrative continued through, you know, next year. So all things considered, uh, this opportunity uh, came about and, you know, for, our, for all the reasons I stated, this feels like the right one for me. But I very much enjoyed my time in San Diego. It just seems like with a lot of things that were, were popping up there, it just was, was time to move on. And so he has. Uh, Bob Melvin uh, will be the new manager of the San Francisco Giants. So it'll be his 21st year of managing. Career that started with, uh, what was it, the Diamondbacks first? Then the Mariners? No, no I think it was. No, it was the Mariners, yeah. Diamondbacks. Mariners, Diamondbacks. A's. Then A's. Then Padres. And now Giants. Um, yeah, he took the high road there for sure. Sounded like he wanted it to be known that there were some things that were going on behind the scenes in San Diego. But he didn't care to get into what they were and uh, just thought that uh, it was better that he move on, join the Giants. I mean, you can enjoy your time and Sting still not yeah, be. Yeah, I think he enjoyed his time. Yeah. I mean, sure. I, don't, I don't think he was in a, you know, in a horrible situation. Maybe wasn't the best. But, uh, you know, as of a week ago, Bob Melvin was coming back for another year in San Diego. So couldn't have been that bad. Um, you know, question is, what kind of great manager is Bob Melvin? Can he can he do wonders with this San Francisco roster that on paper is nowhere near what no, the Padres' it, roster it, it, is? It's, what was the word you? Can he do what? Can um, he can he do magic, magic. miracles? Yeah, yeah. he's, he's going to need it. For yeah, that he's going to need some of it. So we'll see. Uh, you know, how Bob Melvin affairs in San Francisco. We'll see right away, by the way, because the Padres, after they open their season in Korea against the Dodgers, will come back to San Diego, have a few days to prepare themselves for the start, the bulk of the regular season. And the first team coming in next April is the Giants. Oh, isn't that just a tasty tidbit? Yeah. You know, Buster Only, who we're going to hear from here shortly, he said something in the interview that kind of caught my attention, and it was that he was listing, like, all of the different qualifications that a new manager would need, and it all was, can he work with AJ? Can he work with AJ, this this new manager? And I don't, I don't like that because I thought – isn't it supposed to be a collaboration? And that's what AJ keeps saying in his stuff is that it's a collaborative effort. It's it's all that. But we all – well, we don't all know. But I suspect that it's not as collaborative as we're hearing. And I, I'm having – and I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. I was going to say I think it's the same thing, right? Whether you're saying who said coach needs to work with AJ or AJ needs to work with said coach, there has to be a – you know – you have to be pulling a rope in the same direction. I think that's just that's a fact. No matter where you go, that's that's that is a ingredient you need in order to have success. So there's that. All right, I'm kind of talked out about it. Me too. I'm really? ready. I yeah, I am. I oh, am. Okay. I mean, we've been kicking it around for three days. three days. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't have a whole lot more to add. I think we've made it pretty clear. I've made my feelings on it known. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next now. At at this point, I think the one thing, you know, AJ said was that you got to move forward now. That's Uh, all you can do. I mean, we can sit here and bemoan this for as long as we want to. I think that's warranted. 
I we do. Did, but we bemoaned, we bemoaned it for, it for three, three days. days. I'm not knocking you. If you want to keep talking about it, I go go right ahead. We'll be on tomorrow. We can talk about it more tomorrow. I, it's I'm, I'm out of things to say about it, <laughs> other than just to keep repeating myself. I get it. And trust me, I, I don't have much more to say either. But, but at the same time, like this has made me angry. It has. And it's sitting at the top of my head and seeing Bob Melvin put on those giant, that Giants uniform and just seeing like, like we, I've we, been, I've been here so many times in my life where I'm, I, uh, I lose something and then I'm stuck with what I still have. And that's a weird way of saying, <laughs> what? I don't know. That's a weird way. Okay. So Giants, somebody had to print that on a t-shirt yeah, somewhere. Don't do that. I don't even know what that means to be honest. No, my, fr- my Giants uh, friend texted me this morning and said, I cannot believe you guys gave us. Bob Melvin and I was you like, know, "Hey, I know, didn't give you know anyone who said the anything." Same thing two years ago, Padre fans when they said it to Oakland fans. I cannot believe we were able to get Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin's going to be the Giants manager until twenty twenty six. Like he also extended his contract with the team. As Chris said, and the narrative. I'm getting. I'm sorry, uh, Tony. Here you go. The narrative that was being talked about there, and that Bob Melvin said it wasn't fair to the Padres. The narrative was that he was a lame duck coach. the The way you get around that narrative or erase the narrative is to extend him and not allow him to be a lame duck coach. But they didn't extend him. Yeah, and so that's the narrative, but we don't believe that that's the only reason that he left San Diego because he was going to be a lame duck coach. I know. Uh, Nathan Avaldi will get the start for the Texas Rangers <laughs> in Game One of the World Series. The uh, Rangers announced that this afternoon. Zach Gallen will get the nod for the Arizona. So that is what I'm kind of looking forward to right now is Game One of the World Series. Now Avaldi. Has been outstanding this postseason, four and zero with a two point four two. Gallon two and two this postseason with a five point two four. He struggled in both of his outings against the Philadelphia Phillies. Nathan Valdi has pitched in the World Series one time previous to this. Does anybody remember when it was? Yes, it's a very famous game. Scraby, you do remember uh, what is Red it? Sox? Yeah, I thought it was the Red Sox. And what game was it? Game seven. Game seven. They did not play a game seven that game year. Game six. Four. Or a game six. It Five. was the third game of the 2018 World Series. They swept, didn't they? Which the Red Sox lost to the Dodgers. The only, only one they, they did lost. lose. Evaldi pitched the final six innings of an 18-inning World Series game that ended on Max Muncy's leadoff homer in the bottom of the 18th. That's crazy. Bottom of the 18th. Yep, that was a long time ago. But uh, by the way, speaking of that, in uh, postseason, there's you know the no ghost runner thing. Mm. There's yet to be an extra inning game this postseason. Not been one. So we've had no extra innings to deal with as of as of now in the postseason. That's true. All right. So we'll see how uh, that changes over the we weekend. Got, we got we got Sherlock Holmes over there. What? We got Sherlock Holmes over there. What do you mean? There's been no extra inning games this postseason? I'm just trying to make a bad joke over here. (laughs) What are you, Brady Quinn? (laughs) (laughs) I deserve that. Just missing the mark with jokes by a wide margin? Yeah, I deserve that. Yeah, well done. All right. uh, Let me see. Uh, Bulls 4, Oklahoma City 3. Come on, Bull. First quarter update for oh, wait, you. Wait, no, I picked Oklahoma City. Oh, uh, no. Now it's changed. It's 26 <laughs> 21 Oklahoma City, late first quarter. So 
The Thunder are beating the Bulls as of now. We'll take a break, come back. Buster only to talk some NBA with us as Gwen and an NBA. Uh, Major League Baseball, because that's what he's say, an Buster's expert at. Buster's doing NBA now. Huh? Yeah, he's doing it all on uh, Gwen and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. All right, uh, Tony's up. <laughs> Let me introduce Tony Gwynn Jr., ladies and gentlemen. 5.35 on the clock, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, last segment of the day. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Dusty Baker has decided to call it quits. He is uh, retiring. Uh, one of the most winning, winning managers in all of baseball. Where do you finish on that list? Uh, good question. Uh, I do have his, I mean, he won, uh, unbelievable number of games, 2,183, uh, over 26 years at the helm, 54% winning percentage. Uh, so, you know, I, I can I look it taken, up to see exactly he's where he's at, but he's in the top, what, three or four, I would think. I think he's taken all of his teams to the playoffs too. He did take the Giants to the playoffs three times. Cubs. The Cubs once. National. The Reds three times. Reds. The National. Nationals twice. And the Astros all four years. He went to the playoffs each of his last eight years as a manager. The only thing that's ever going to maybe you know stick against Dusty Baker was his 0-4 record in Game 7s. He lost some heartbreakers. 2002 World Series to the Angels. I I remember when the Giants had a 5 nothing lead in Game 6 of that series yeah. and couldn't close it out. Dusty Baker famously took, uh, was it Russ Ortiz, Russ Ortiz out of the yep. game and gave him the game ball. Said, here's the game ball. Keep this as a keepsake. And uh, didn't work out. Giants lot, lost that game, lost Game 7 the next day. He lost Game 7 famously with the Cubs in 2003. That was the Bartman game. Against the Marlins, yeah, um, really never won a playoff series with the Reds or the Nationals, and then uh, you know did some great things with the Astros, including his first World Series championship last year. Yeah, that was the icing on the cake right there. He had already had a, a Hall of Fame career, but getting that World Series title last year, and I can tell you, I never played for Dusty, but uh, he is one of the best people managers you you'll ever get a chance. I mean, even when you didn't play for him, you would see guys from other teams flocking over to his side uh just to 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 catch some of that wisdom he he always seemed to have. Dusty uh, Baker was in baseball for a while, Tony. Long started time. started as a rookie with the Braves in 1968. He yeah, he played with Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron uh then came to the Dodgers. That's where I remember him growing up as a teenager watching Garvey and Lopes and Say and Russell, that infield. But Dusty Baker was the left fielder on those teams and was a uh, was a uh, co-World Series MVP, if I'm not mistaken, in 1981. Uh, Dusty had some good years with the Dodgers, had a 30-home run season in 1977, finished up his career with the Giants and A's. But uh, he was a great player for yeah. 19 years, uh, two-time All-Star, uh, Gold Glove winner, Silver Slugger winner twice, so you know Dusty did did a lot before he became a manager, and uh, I never heard one bad word about Dusty no, Baker. I you, never, you I don't think I've ever met him. You won't hear a bad word uh, about Dusty. I mean, that's how uh, he was truly an ambassador uh, of this game in in so many ways. He represented uh, the good part of baseball, both as a player and then as a manager. So many players he's helped. Uh, we wish we wish. Dusty, nothing but the best. I, I I don't expect to see him just 
go away. He'll be involved in somebody's organization if they're smart. Uh, Johnny Lee Baker. That's right. Johnny Lee Dusty the Baker. Wrist, he's made the wristband famous again. Oh, is he the one that invented the? He didn't. I don't know if he invented it, but he, I mean, he's, he's, he's he's rock. He rocks it every game, <laughs> every game. Uh, the NBA is doing something both Chris and I are pretty excited about. We're plotting this. Yes, they return back to the East-West format. No more draft with t- players scattered all over the place for the All Star. For game. the All Star game, yeah, East-West. Only thing now they need to do is return to wearing their actual jerseys on All-Star Day. They don't need to sell any money. I like that. I like when the guys wear the home, the West team wears all white and the visiting teams were all yeah. whoever the, unis or whatever. Yeah, whoever is hosting the, the All-Star game, if it's a Western Conference team, that yeah. team used to wear. Stop it, no, because they got to sell All-Star jerseys. I know. It's That's why thinking. baseball... Finally moved away, away from, from it, it, and it just makes them look so bad. Baseball, terrible, terrible. Love baseball, hate that. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hey, Charles Barkley <laughs> just Charles walked in say. here. Charles, terrible. All right, let's uh, get to. Or let's not get to break. Let's get to traffic. When we come back, you'll get to hear from Busteroni. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Buster only from Sunday Night Baseball and uh, all of the other great things that Buster does uh, at ESPN. Thanks so much for your time, Buster. Good to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good to talk with you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll start with Bob Melvin. A few days ago, he was manager of the Padres. Now he's the manager of the Giants. Uh, how does all this look to everybody in the outside looking in around baseball? Well, folks with other teams uh, were surprised when we got the initial announcement that Bob was going to continue as the Padres manager because they had just been hearing the stories of the unhappiness. And they fully expected that, uh, you know, one way or another, Bob was going to be out of there, whether he was fired or, you know, something like that happened with the Giants worked out. You know, as soon as the the Giants moved on from Gabe Kapler, I mean, I was hearing from people right away, like that's the guy that Farhan wants is Bob Melvin uh, because he'd worked with him with the athletics. And so there was a lot of anticipation of that. So initially when the Padres, you know, were telling people that, you know, we're going to move forward, there were people like, really? <laughs> like uh, given given the, the degree of discord, you know, and, I, and I've seen AJ's quotes from today where, he, and I did not hear them, but I, 
I saw them where he basically was, uh, you know, we got along fine. I, I, I mean, that just is not at all reflective of what you heard during the course of the year, that it was an oil and water situation between AJ and, and Bob. And, you know, only those two guys really know who's responsible for that. They're the only ones who could figure it out. I think that's what Peter Seidler, when, uh, you know, late in the year, he was, uh, there's certainly a lot of indication he wanted the two of them to work it out. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what uh, what happens going forward. I, you know, I had someone say to me that uh, the other day with one of the, the teams that is still competing, uh, well, you know, there's one common denominator with all the manager turnover in San Diego, and that's AJ. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, what adjustments he makes going forward. Buster, obviously the Padres begin their search now for a manager. I mean – it, how do you expect this kind of uh, search to go? I, I mean, I would imagine if the word has gotten out in terms of Bob Melvin being unhappy, and you mentioned, you know, the the thought that the turnover and AJ may be the 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 common denominator. How do you think the search will go outside the organization? Yeah, and it might be a little bit bit be a lot like what happened with the Red Sox and the head of baseball operations, right? Where uh, you know, the Red Sox wanted to bring in a Mike Hazen. They wanted to talk to other people at experience, including, you know, talking with Kim Ang. And they were turned down over and over and over by people who are like, uh, essentially, I, I think Brandon Gomes, for example, the general manager of the Dodgers, given a choice between being the head of baseball operations in the Red Sox or staying in place where they were, they were saying, no, there's there's too much that, you know, too much uncertainty in that situation or whatever the reasons were. But it was clear a lot of people were turning them down. I think that's probably to some degree what the Padres might, uh, you know, might bump into. You know, based on, uh, you know, based on the stuff that I was seeing this year about the issues between Bob and AJ, which I think were fairly apparent early on after Bob joined the team, I think they really need someone who AJ has worked with in the past. He needs to pick somebody who's comfortable with him and his style, uh, you know, his level of intensity. Um, and, and, you know, Mike Schilt knows him and Ryan Flaherty knows him. And, you know, given everything that went on this year, you want someone that you can yeah. feel like can foster some degree of togetherness within that clubhouse and pull guys together. You know, is that flash? Uh, is it Mike Schilt? Uh, I, I think those are the big questions for AJ as he moves forward. And I think AJ needs to, and I'd say this to him if he called me and asked me, asked me my opinion, like he has to figure out and do some quality control in what he does and ask the question. So I've had, you know, the, these various people of various range of experiences and they're walking away and they're not happy. And what can, you know, what can he do better? In, in how he communicates and how he goes back and forth uh, with the manager to make that situation better because it was ugly this year. Buster only is with us. It was uh, it was not pretty on the field. We definitely know that, Buster. Although the Padres finished up only two games back of the Diamondbacks when it was all said <laughs> and done, so go figure yeah. go figure all of that. Uh, I, we were talking just during the last break here. I, can all of this unrest affect? the mind of somebody like a Juan Soto or the mind of, you know, people like that who are, you know, going to be free agents or need contracts, et cetera. I mean, Blake Snell, et cetera, Josh Hader. I mean, 
Can this kind of thing come back to bite the Padres in other ways? It's it's possible. I think with uh, you know guys who have choices. Uh, you know, maybe between uh, if you get a veteran, I'm just I don't have a name in particular. You get a veteran who has three choices and he wants to you know go to a place where he feels good about the chance of winning after what happened this year. Maybe you're not feeling so good. But I think the number one question right now around the Padres is where's their payroll going to be? Hmm. Because that's going to dictate a lot. The bottom line is if you're going to cut their payroll down from where they were, you know, to as Kevin AC suggested, uh, you know, back I think at the end of August, beginning of September. $200 million, that means significant change. Like you can't keep necessarily a Juan Soto uh, and along with a Manny Machado and a Bogarts and Darvish. and You can't fit all those contracts in. At some point, you got to start making choices if, in fact, they're going to bring the payroll down. If they're going to p- keep the payroll up, then, then yeah, then I think that, uh, you know, Soto is going to evaluate all that. I would say this, too, that generally speaking, you know, my experience is, is that players, for the most part, uh, will take money uh, at the highest dollar figure. <laughs> Trey Turner was an exception, as you guys know. Uh, you know, the, the Padres offered him more money than the Phillies, but he wanted to play with the Phillies. I, I thought that was the exception. It's more like C.C. Sabathia when he was a free agent. Yeah. The, uh, the Angels offered him $100 million, the highest offer from any team in the state of California, and the Yankees offered him 161 I think CC held his nose and said, okay. I'll take the bigger contract. <laughs> he felt the responsibility. You know what? He went there and he enjoyed it. He did. It turned out he, and he signed extensions. He loved it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the, the first question is, and, and I think everyone wants to know, is where is their payroll going to be? Because that's going to dictate so much of the, so many of the decisions they have going forward. Buster only joins us, ESPN. And, Buster, you bringing up CC brings me right back to Juan Soto because you're right. CeCe did not was not happy initially going to New York, but he ended up loving it and now he makes his home there. Juan Soto's been here now for a season and and, and a half and uh he's had a good great season last year. It wasn't his norm, but it still was a a great season. Do you see him possibly staying here in San Diego or is it is he destined to hit the free agent market and, and test the waters as a Boris client? Well, and you, you, Anthony, you, you absolutely framed it perfectly because you know and I know that the vast majority of the Boris clients get, who get this close to free agency, they're going to go and test the market. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some exceptions. Uh, you know, Jared Weaver basically forcing his way back to the, to the Angels and, and Andrew Jones making a deal on the side with the Braves, it, it felt like. But for the most part, the Boris guys are going to go out and test the marketplace and, and why wouldn't you? Um, you know, and I do think that he needs – Soto needs a full year from beginning to end where he just dominates. Yeah. And it felt like as time went on, uh, you know, he was more comfortable. I will tell you from talking with executives of other teams, it's becoming an open question of, okay, what is his – excuse me, is his comfort level really important to what he's going to bring to the table? Uh, because they're, you know, as you remember, when he joined the Padres, it took a while for him to get yeah. going. Beginning of the year, he was putting pressure on himself. Well, if you're an executive in in a big market, say New York, <laughs> yeah. in Boston, you're asking the question. So, if he comes here, is there yeah. going to be a period of adjustment? Is he is he necessarily someone who's going to like it here? What happens if he starts getting booed? What's the reaction from him? Those are now questions that sort of hang over him. It's not to say people don't respect his talent. 
or don't think he can thrive, but I think that question is now attached to him moving forward. Well, the Padres situation, uh, soap opera rages on. Meanwhile, the World Series is coming up, and one of our former managers is once again in the World Series. It's really amazing, Bruce Bochy, and uh, I'm sure you've heard all the same things that everybody else tells us, that uh, his communication skills and his ability to make guys comfortable is second to none, and his ability to handle a bullpen, but... Texas and Arizona can't possibly be a World Series that anybody predicted, Buster. What do you think of this matchup on the uh, on the uh, on the eve of the Fall Classic? No, back in February, I put in a ticket in Vegas for that exact <laughs> Good Lord, I, you know my line about the Diamondbacks is, has been, and, and and I'm sure Anthony, you did this when you guys won, where you'll hear hear players and managers when they. You know, they win a championship. They go, no one believed in us. I mean, they could be the biggest prohibitive favorite ever, yes. and that is the mantra you hear. <laughs> well, this is the first time in the history of sports it's actually true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where no one thought this team had a chance. Uh, you know, and, and it wasn't like they they won one series, right? They went through a gauntlet of these terrific teams, the Brewers with their pitching at the end. They dismissed them. They beat the Dodgers, you know, first two games in Dodger Stadium. Then they beat the Phillies, who I think everybody thought they were the best team, you know, left on the board. So they're in a great position, uh, you know, and the Rangers. Uh, you're talking about a, a team that, you know, didn't look very promising at all. I, I was talking to, to Boach about this earlier in the year when, you know, I said, when did you think that you guys might have a chance to be good? And I, he said, you know, I, I thought our – Pitching, if DeGrom was healthy, you know, that that could be okay. And our offense, I thought, would be good. But then early in the year, they began to show signs of having a lot of depth in that lineup. And that's when he felt like they turned the corner. And, and it's so funny. They have such a distinct personality, which I think in some ways reflects Boach's personality. Um, you know, you remember guys early in the year when teams would start doing these home run celebrations. And I really – I don't mean to bang on these, but, you know, teams are doing the Homer hose and the, you know, the, the helmets and the spikes and doing all those things in their dugout. And I called one of the Rangers players and I was like, what are you guys doing? He goes, you don't do that crap. <laughs> Marcus Simeon is such a great pro. Yeah. And Corey Seager is a great pro. You know, those guys set the tone and DeGrom has that personality. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery now is like that. Nathan Evaldi. They're all these guys who are really serious about baseball and, and you know that played out over the course of the year and then of course you have Boach you know the other day I was part of the uh the our coverage uh, uh for the American League playoffs in, and I was in um in Dallas and in Houston and I looked at Boach the other day and I said hey uh boy the, the Padres looks like a Padres manager's kind of getting pushed out and going to the Giants you ever heard of that before yeah and he had this little grin on his face <laughs> That's him. You know, he, he, he absolutely loves it there. And uh, Chris Young, unlike a lot of front offices, yeah. uh, you know, general managers, when he hired Boach, he told him, hey, I'm bringing you in and you run the team. You run the pitching staff. You manage, as opposed to the micromanaging that we're seeing in a lot with a lot of teams coming down from the front offices. There's no doubt about it that uh... – Boach is in a spot where there is a cohesive understanding of, of who's doing what and, and how is it going to go down. Buster, uh, a great some great information, man. Appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Okay, guys. Always Good fun stuff, to talk Buster, with you. Buster, thank you. 
Always enjoy catching up with Buster Olney. ESPN. He is good. He is. He's very good. Does everybody know that he worked in San Diego at yes. the UT for many years? That is and, actually uh, how I got to know Buster. Oh, as okay. A, as a, what, nine, ten-year-old, I think, at the time when he was here. Doing he calls really? You. Anthony. He does call me Anthony. He does. That is uh, for those. He's one of the few that uh, gets, I don't want to say gets away with that. But yeah, because it doesn't you don't bother really, me. Yeah, yeah no. you don't really no, have a major problem Chances are, it, if you but, were around uh, Big TG, you heard him call me Anthony, so that's what you assumed that my name was. And right. It is. This is my name, but I don't yeah, go Buster, Did he ever call you Tony, Buster's your dad? My dad? Yeah. No. Oh, I guess that would my be kind of confusing. My mom called me Little Tony, but that's about it. I got <laughs> little, little T, Anthony, uh, or uh, that was it. Or, or hey, you get over here. Yeah, or something worse if you were in not trouble. Behaving. Yeah, yeah. No, I, my mom wasn't a whole name caller when I was in trouble. Really? No. Oh my. Oh man. Just the tone of her voice was enough to let me know <laughs> I was in trouble. That's gonna do it for today's show. Back at it again tomorrow. Full full. No, no. Half a show tomorrow. Yes. Thursday night yes. football. Who's playing Thursday night again? Bills. Tampa. Buccaneers. Doozy. Don't say Tampa because Chris will think something oh, else. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Buccaneers. <laughs> Until tomorrow, you guys have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.